Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So welcome to another episode of Get It Off Your Breasts with me, Emma. And me, Liana. This is our final podcast of season two. Of season two. Can't believe it. Very, very sad, but we have the most incredible person to end on. Yes. Um, we have writer, mental health campaigner, and as it happens, very old school friend as well. Um, it's Bryony Gordon. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really on, I'm honoured to be your last guest. And we have to say, we've had quite the journey to even like get this booked in because everyone's dates were so tricky. So um, we've made it, girls. We're here, the three yeah. of us. In in one room with yeah. our little mic. You're very heavily pregnant. Yeah, very. Heavily. I mean, I feel like it could happen during this podcast. <laughs> Actually, it is that close. Ironically, you were the you were like guys whenever, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is happened, that's happened. <laughs> Emma was really tricky. I'm joking. You weren't joking. <laughs> um, so um, yes, thank you for thank it. you for squeezing me in. Well, it's good timing as well because you're gearing up for not only the marathon but your third book. And people that have read the first two are very excited. And in fact, by the time this, the day this podcast is coming out will be the day after you've run the marathon in your pants. Yeah, I'm running the marathon in my, not just my pants. I'm also going to wear (laughs) socks and trainers. (laughs) (laughs) I I ran a half marathon the other day and there was a man running barefoot. Ouch. Like, yeah. But no, we're running, I'm running the marathon. Well, by the time, right now, hopefully I'll be sitting down with my feet up. Uh, unable to actually walk. Um, I'm running the Mount London Marathon with uh, my friend Jada Zezza, who is a plus size model. Um, and we're running it in our knickers and our bra to prove that you don't have to be an athlete to run a marathon, although it certainly helps. Um, no, Where did to, that idea come from? Did you both just think, let's do it? Well, we were, we were sort of, we'd, she'd sort of said, oh, how, because I ran it last year for Heads Together, which is a mental health charity that was set up by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince Harry and um it was amazing for me so I when I started the training I was like 16 and a half stone I couldn't run for a bus and the whole training process was like really transformative I realized I had like quite low body confidence self-esteem and it was an amazing process um like the weight loss obviously like I lost weight but what I gained was 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 better you know Mm. which was the which was the knowledge that my body was actually quite magic and instead of hating it I should really appreciate it because it could take me on these incredible Mm. um journeys and and literally distances and and Jada was quite interested as because I am someone who is you know bm if you judge by bmi I am a a beast so I weigh like 14 and a half stone um got huge boobs big ass um and you just I don't know like Shada was like how how was running 26.2 miles and I was like it was amazing it was the best day of my life like I loved it I ran the whole thing mm. didn't get injured was 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 brilliant raised 40,000 pounds wow. which was wow. like mind-blowing and um so she was like come along and do it because she was like will you do it with me and I was like oh okay yeah I was like still like, high <laughs> and then I was like fuck I've got it sorry can I swear on that you yeah. can go for it <laughs> I've got to do another one Joy's but a then just as we were training this winter we were like 
it became clear to me that I had to sort of take it on to another level because doing a marathon again is like it was mentally very different mm. and um and I wasn't going to go for a quicker time because actually I realized I'd got slower <laughs> <laughs> which is what most people do when they do marathons again and then we were like what if we did it in our underwear because we're both curvy girls and it would just be a great way to prove that you know exercises for everyone really. well this really links into what we what you want to get off your breast today because this, mm-hmm. this is how this podcast works just in case anyone listening hasn't listened to any before go back and listen to loads of the others um but yeah we we wanted you to bring a topic and um ask you what you want to get off your breast and it really links into what you were just talking Same. about there yeah well so should i tell you what i want to get off my Please. my sizable breasts yes i'm a 38j <clears throat> excellent that's possibly the biggest breast we've had on this podcast really? which is an accolade oh, yeah i feel so proud <laughs> i mean my boobs are like if you unleash them from the bra they're like cowarders <laughs> but you know my husband loves them so what i want to get off my breasts is this notion this idea that that a lot, lot of us have that if you are that fat people can't exercise basically and i hate to use the word fat because it's just so derogatory but i am by terms fat actually i think i'm aware I, although i wear a size 16 to 18 i'm wearing like another story's t-shirt jumper i'm wearing you know i'm wearing normal clothes but i am i have been branded fat loads of times by people and you know i am on my bmi obese um and yet i can run a marathon i can do a hands i can do a a, not a handstand i can do like a shoulder stand i can do i can you know i can lift lots of weights um and i think there's this sort of notion that you, you know to be good at exercise you have to look a certain way mm-hmm. and that anyone else is sort of huffing and puffing and dying and just forcing themselves out to do like a walk and and that's just not true you know I weigh yeah I weigh like 14 stone eight pounds I'm like five foot six so um I was 15 stone when I started training and I like the reason I talk about my weight is because I know a lot of people like certainly through my Instagram when I say I'm a 15 stone woman and I can run people are like whoa because I know we're all so secretive about our weight and we're also ashamed by what happens between us and the scales and in our heads anything in double figures is like grotesque you know and it's not and we're all different and I think you know to me it's just really important to say you know I can do this Mm. and if I can do it so can you totally and the fact that also you know you're you're talking about being healthy. You're talking about mentally and physically. You go mm. for runs. like you, you have a lifestyle that is healthy. And so who cares what size you are? But also, it really... It, I mean, you're the reason I go running. Because I used to be that person that would be like, when I lose weight, then I'll go to the gym. Because then I won't be embarrassed by going to the gym. Yeah. So like, oh, when I'm slightly smaller, I can wear the like gym clothes yeah. and mm-hmm. look the part. And it's like, that. that's putting people off. And it's not, it's not and fair. And actually, you can wear the gym clothes. Like, you know, I... Lots of, you know, loads of, um, loads of brands do like plus size, you know, do what is termed plus size. So, you know, like Lululemon, or it's very expensive. Um, but, you know, like they all, you know, Nike, everyone now is getting on board and doing, you know, ASOS have their own plus size exercise range. And, you know, I think people think that the only reason someone who is larger <clears throat> would go and do exercise is to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And like, I have, re- have realized that this is my natural way. I mean, I probably, if I just was going to eat, like if I was gonna become a vegan, which I just couldn't do, and no disrespect to anyone who is, you know, I probably could, I probably could be a lot 
slimmer but I don't but that this is I you have got to work within the realms of, mm. of reality mm. but, and I like to have a burger every now and then and I like to eat crisps mm. and you know and I like to have really milky coffee and you know I don't have those things no that's a lie I do have really milky coffee all the time but do you know what I mean like I I, I you know it's a balance isn't it but I think it's really important to have that distinction between fitness and weight and actually it works the other way around because I know loads of really skinny people who actually you know people presume they're really fit and then when they go for like a health check check up like I had a cousin who was like that and he was I mean he looks really young he's super skinny but when he went to check check up on his health turned out he had really high cholesterol um you know he had fatty fat around his um, heart and around his organs which was Mm. really dangerous and it's actually quite dangerous to presume that someone who's thin is like someone who's healthy because it doesn't necessarily work that way. And actually, someone who's larger can be so much fitter. But also, you know, by the same token, I think it's really important to say there are people who are really skinny who have, like, massive issues. And they mm. think, you know, and they think that they, they're they too, you know, they're not curvy enough to go and be, you know, in a bikini or out in a... Do you know what I mean? And, but this, you know, is, this is, like, ev- the it, whole pressure on... on yeah. Especially women. It happens to men too. But especially women that, like none of us are ever really content with the way we yeah. look and our bodies and we always feel like the grass is a little bit greener, greener on the other side. Yeah, because I, I hosted a panel with Charlie Howard who's like an amazing plus oh, we're gonna love model her. recently. She's so gorgeous. And she's so incredible. But And I did realise though that the, the whole panel was kind of swaying more towards embrace your curves, embrace your size and actually someone put their hand up at the end and just said, I'm really naturally skinny and I love you guys and I love what you're saying. But like, I didn't feel part of this conversation as much as I wanted to. And actually from that, from then on, I was like, God, that's such a good point. Yeah. Like it, loving do... yourself doesn't mean being, being a certain way. No, yeah. it means being you. But I think the reason that we, you have people like Charlie and so many of us like showing the larger figure is because for so long that has been ignored, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, in terms of, advertising fashion you know it's always been that the person that has been represented has been someone who's smaller Mm. and skinnier Mm. you know skinny actually you know so there's a privilege that comes with looking that way yeah but i think but i think that the point is to say that i'm sorry i don't know i just like found stuff on my sock that i just pulled off that's that's my house's fault i should be saying sorry but like i um i uh what I mean is, like, you you don't have to be any way to do exercise. You just have to be you. Mm. And I think also, like, we all have this thing where we think, oh, my God, I'm going to go out for a run and or I'm going to go to a class and go to a yoga class and everyone's going to laugh at me. And what I've learned over the last couple of years is that, no, you know that phrase, dance like nobody's watching? Yeah. Well, nobody is watching. You know, unless you're a contestant on Strictly Come Dancing and you're being <laughs> judged by, like, Bruno and whatever, no one is fucking watching. Like, you know, no, everyone in that class is working out if they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. And everyone out on in the park is, you know, ha- in their own heads, you know, and everyone mm. is running and trying to kind of you know just do the best and the only thing anyone's going to have for you if they do happen to glance up and see a slightly larger lady running is respect I think I think it's sometimes quite nice so when I've been to a class like especially like I I literally can't do like the hot yoga thing but I did try it because there was a point when everyone felt they should try it and I just basically spent 90% of the class just sort of lying on the floor kind of moaning (laughs) like feeling like I was going to die 
But I actually felt in those kinds of classes, like when someone else would have a little break or go to the back of the room and sit or whatever, it actually made me feel a bit better and made mm. me feel like, okay, I'm allowed to do that now too. So I think like we're really worried about being judged, but actually it's quite, it's sometimes quite nice to not have everyone being like really competitive and feeling like they have to be perfect in order to take part in a class yeah Um, I think classes like I always just like if there's something I can't do or I don't feel I want to do or don't want to push myself to that level I just just sort of stand it out what did you think about um the there was a big headline recently and it was all about um how obesity is the second biggest cause of cancer and I don't know I, I felt like that almost created like a backlash against some of the body positivity work mm. that has been going on which has been a really positive movement yeah well there's this kind of there's this what I get a lot and what I hear a lot is this theory that you're almost promoting bit obesity if you show your body um if you don't hide away and you know saying this is it's almost like as if someone's going to look at you and go oh my god I'm going straight to Burger King and McDonald's and I'm going to eat like 108 burgers you know and I think people get confused and there's a lot of fear like I I feel I get a lot of people emailing me and I because I used to be like slim I won't say thin but slim you know and I also used to be bulimic you know and and for me a lot of um, and, and then I put on a lot of weight when I got pregnant and I stopped taking cocaine. I was a bit of a party girl. And, uh, you know, funnily enough, I put on four stone. Like, that tends to happen when you when you get pregnant and stop taking cocaine and start eating properly. But anyway, I got shitloads of letters from, like, I write, I write a column for The Telegraph uh, from people going, oh, my God, you, you're... You're, you know, you're going to be a drain on the NHS. You're probably going to get diabetes. And I'm like, oh, thank, well, I'm like, thanks for being concerned. But, you know, like there is that thing where you're literally taking up people's space and they don't like it. And, you know, I, I kind of, I think there's a, there is a, I think that we are not helping anyone by sort of screaming hysterically that anyone who shows the reality, you know, people, there are morbidly obese people out there. And either you shame them and make them go further into their houses and their homes and not want to come out, or you embrace them and accept that they exist and say, do you know what? You can come out and go for a run and you can do this and you don't have to be thin. You know, you just have to be you and do what's, you know, best. And, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm, I, I like, I'm pretty, I think I'm probably pretty healthy. Do you know what I mean? I'm, you know, my resting heart rate is pretty low. I'm, you know, I can run, I can run 15 miles, you know, if you were to say to me right now, let's go for a 15 mile run, I would be like, hey, let's do it. I mean, no, I wouldn't be like, let's do it. I was like, can we have something to eat first? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and it's to say that, that it is perfectly, you know, BMI is such a kind of, you know, rigid thing. Mm. And it doesn't take into consideration lots of different things but, it, but BMI is bullshit isn't it they 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 proved that because they showed like um a photo of someone who looks like you know someone that you'd imagine being quite obese and then and showed that they had a BMI of x and then they showed someone who was like a kind of tonk you know guy who was obviously very muscly and worked out but obviously incredibly fit mm. and he had the same BMI because he obviously weighed a lot because he had a lot of muscle and so mm. it's like you can't actually like compare it's, it, there's no like formula it's much more about things that you were saying like you know looking at your resting heart rate and you know you you know your cholesterol levels and all that kind of stuff that actually needs proper investigation if you're interested in it rather than just sort of going look at a chart oh dear I'm on this end of it I need to change my body and and how do you feel like you know I I think that it's you know just trusting your own instincts you know do you get out of breath 
you know, like I, you know, before I started doing the exercise, you know, I was, I was really, I was really overweight and I wasn't, and I wasn't being healthy. And that was because I had all sorts of stuff going on in my head and experience, you know, and I was eating away. I was totally like going to binging on food. It was like a way to change the way I was feeling, you know, and, and I accept that. And so, but, you know, again, we need to talk about this stuff because, you know, who doesn't, who hasn't sat down in comfort? And, you know, to me, obesity is as much a mental illness as it is a physical mm. one, you know, and there's and, 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 you know, if we don't talk about these things properly and accept that there is room for everyone, then um, then nothing's going to get better. Totally. Mm. There was this quote that I think Harriet Minter from The Guardian said recently that really stuck with me. It was it was um, it was asking yourself, what would you do right now with your body? How it is right now? Mm. Like, what what would you do if you weren't afraid of like how people would judge your body? And um, the first thing I thought was like, I probably would go and do more exercise. Like it really does hold me back judgment of like my boobs and like everything moving. And I just wondered with you, obviously now you're running marathons, like how did you first start getting into running? Like what was the first, was there like baby steps involved or if anyone's listening now? Okay, so um, I, so my next, my third book is this book called Eat, Drink, Run. And it's, it's basically about my journey without sorry from you know 60 and a half stone to to finishing the marathon and it's kind of it's not it's a running book that isn't it's not really about running it's about saying that if i can do this anyone can and it's how you take on the thing you think you can't do you know so that could be learning french it could be climbing everest it could be literally leaving that house in the morning because for me with a history of um, mental illness and mental health issues since I was like 12. Some days getting out of the house was like a massive mm. trial. Mm. And I remember saying this when I when I did the marathon, I remember my husband going, that's a really long way, Bryony. And I was like, no shit. <laughs> like, you know it's gonna be really hard. And I was like, yes, I know it's gonna be really hard, but it can be no harder than the days when I couldn't get out of bed at all because of the weight of depression on me. And you know, so the whole, so the whole book, my not and doesn't mean like selling the event it's not out yet so <laughs> it's out may 31st available from all good bookshops and bad, <laughs> and bad ones too um um there's no such thing as bad bookshops um but it, it's about saying you know i didn't just wake up one morning and go i'm gonna run a marathon today it was baby steps you know i went from being the girl i couldn't run for a bus to someone who could run for a minute walk for two minutes run you know i did couch to 5k I did. I actually went away so it's on an app, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I did Couch 5K, which is like brilliant. And then I did Couch to 10K, and then you know, and it was it was like you know, you moved forward with with increments, and I, you know, and I did it in six months. That was the training. I went. From Do you feel like that, that symbolizes like the baby steps of kind of getting better yeah. in other areas of your life as well? Yeah, and I because obviously because also you haven't you haven't had a drink for six months. Seven months. Seven, Seven months. months. Yeah. Woo! I could I just say that is that is incredible. I should be eight months. Fingers crossed. By the time that we the you know because yeah. like, that must have been like baby steps as well. Like you, cut, you know. Well, I mean, or for, was that literally it, cold turkey? It was. Um, you know, I didn't cut down because I couldn't cut down because I was one of those people. But doing the marathon definitely, I realised that my drinking was not something I had much control over. I mean, obviously I stopped drinking for the duration of the marathon, but <clears throat> yeah, like each, like all, whole, the whole, the last few years since I wrote this book called Mad Girl, which came out, which was all about my sort of mental health. It was like, and and I've learned so much through that. And so it's been kind of little, little steps along, like meeting other people. Cause the moment you talk about your own mental 
illness it kind of because like, i always say the thing that all mental illness has in common would be it depression eating disorders um is that it 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 lies to you it tells you you're a freak it tells you that you're alone and it tells you that nobody else understands what you're going through and that you know you're a weirdo and that's just not true you know we know it's not true so the moment that you talk about it you immediately break some of that power i'm not saying you immediately get better but it's you know it's mm-hmm. the first step on that on that journey on that route and so i learned a lot and 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 then and 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 it became very clear to me over, over the years since Marigold came on and as I was training for the marathon that alcohol was pro- was one of the last pieces of the jigsaw puzzle for me so you know I take antidepressants I go to therapy you know I see a therapist I, I was doing exercise but I just could and I I wanted to stop drinking I knew I shouldn't be drinking but I couldn't stop mm-hmm. um so and it wasn't like I was drinking all day you know I think our our, our view of what an alcoholic is is like really unhelpful because mm-hmm. Um, you know the, the the definition of addiction is kind of that if you're powerless over something and I was very much powerless and my life was beginning to feel a bit chaotic um, but I couldn't stop and I kept trying um, so yeah so um, after the marathon I uh, had a kind of quite boozy summer would be mm. safe to say <laughs> that wasn't that enjoyable in fact it was pretty hideous so I think pretty... I saw you on was it OC Island yes yes and I love I kind of did love though that you were at like a yoga retreat but like having so much fun like rebelling against the uh, yeah I was yogi like literally life. they were making me do like handstands <laughs> and I'd had like two hours sleep <laughs> like all sorts of it. crazy stuff but it became like I was doing really crazy shit and um and and it was getting a bit dark um and I, so I went into rehab in September and I did three months in outpatient rehab and yeah, and I do like AA meetings, I go to NA meetings and it's great. And it's, but you know, it's like that thing. People always go to me, how did you, you know, how did you cu- get cured of like, OC- I have OCD. And I'm like, you don't, like I don't, but you, it's like an ongoing process and I'm learning stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, on your podcast with Stephen Fry, he, he likens it to, and it's the most amazing way of summing it up. And I thought that makes so much sense. It's like when someone is like diabetic or they've got like another sort of illness where you're not cured, but you can like manage it. Mm. You have all these tools to help it stay kind of low and, mm. and reduced, but like it doesn't totally go away. I thought it was like an amazing no, way of summing it up. But it's like, yeah, it's, it is like diabetes, you know, and you can, you can live a long and healthy and happy life. Yeah. You know, if you look after it, but if you don't, you end up with, you know, you can end up with your leg being amputated. <laughs> and, you know, and so it is with mental illness. So mm. I'm, I'm a pretty happy person, you know, now. But what I do is I accept that there'll be times that I'm not happy and that's okay. Mm. But what's really inspirational. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, me too. But what seems, what's really inspirational, I feel like I need to congratulate you on so many things. Mm. Like, Same. I was like, like overwhelmed the, with like, Yeah, I'm just like, the marathons, the like body positivity, the, and the, the, the rehab everything that you've done is just feels like it was like a kind of cascade like mm. almost like by starting one little thing mm. it's like domino affected in your whole life yeah, in yeah, such yeah. a major way yeah it's really weird because none of this was like a plan yeah it's like completely accidental but it all came from that one thing of writing a column yeah about my yeah. OCD back in like December 2015 and I wrote I'd written like I was like I have this type of OCD called pure O which is 
really dark and it's quite common people don't talk about it because it can do you know like we all have intrusive thoughts so we like someone hands you their baby and you think what if i just threw this baby on the floor or you know <laughs> drove my car into a wall yeah I get that. <laughs> or what if i what if i push this man in front of the tube yeah. or something and you go and you know and you, you know that that's not you're not a murderer you're yeah. not a baby thrower if you kind of dismiss it most people dismiss it as like the random workings of a brain because we all have billions so don't, of don't press the big red button thing isn't it yeah that. yeah um, but someone with those pure O is like really um, gets is really distressed by those thoughts mm. and obsesses over them and wants to check that they are not that thing. So like probably when we were like hanging out when I was when we were like fifteen, um, we I I was like I was convinced I was a serial killing paedophile mm. and I was like. <laughs> I must be the worst person. But, but mm. when I, for my memories of you at age of 15 was like that you were this completely like really cool girl who was just like had it together and was like the one that we could all go and hang out, you know, in oh your garage. And it was just like, I, you, you never know what someone's yeah. actually going through. Like the, the perception that I had of you is obviously so different to the one that you yeah. had of yourself. It's like the is, duck and the being going under the water. But, but what's interesting what you're talking about now as well is, what, what, is it um, December? When was it that you so started the column? So I wrote that, I wrote it in my column because I was like, I've been writing this like very personal like column for years and years and years and yet I've never written about, I've always been yeah. so too ashamed of this thing and I wrote about it and it was like the floodgates opened. Mm. I remember that. But I feel like if you'd have said to the girl then before that column, right, in the next few years, you're going to sort this out, this out, this mm. out, this out. Like it would have felt like this overwhelming journey and actually get, like for me anyway, to try and like think to have to like, you know, deal with all these different areas of your life, like, would be feel really overwhelming. Mm. But actually, it's like one little thing at a time, and then yeah. it sorts something else out, and then it maybe highlights that there's another area of your life that you actually also need to get more control over. And it's, it kind of, it feels like listening to you speaking now feels really inspiring because it's like you can do it in these small bite-sized yeah, chunks yeah, yeah, rather than just... feeling like you have to fix your entire life. Oh, yeah, you don't. And I always thought that if I like, I was like, if I read this, if I read this book about. Uh, weight loss or if I about this diet or if I read this article about how to like sort out your life like and I'll just sit back and I'll and it'll just happen change will just happen but like changes are really like you know and actually you've got to really work at it and but it's great it's like Mm. the results are you know and I'm not perfect I still smoke like a fucking chimney um I like I really love you know and I'm not I love food and I am uh, a bit of an asshole with my husband but you know like <laughs> one day I will be perfect I'm joking uh, you, know, you know like uh, who but, wants perfection exactly, though that would be boring progress, not yeah. perfection that's what they so say to you in AA and um so it's kind of like it's all cool it's like exciting what mm. next oh my god I just I can't believe I because I, I could tell that you were genuinely like really overwhelmed with like when you won that award the what well, the mental health campaigner oh my god the mind award the mind award which was making a difference but, but i kind of felt like you, you had it not sunken in for you at that point like everything that's happened in the past year or well, so well i was in rehab at the time mm. and then i was like hauled along to this award ceremony in leicester square I like presented by like <laughs> it was like prince harry stephen fry <laughs> stephen fry gave me the award and i was like I was like about to get my 90 days sober. It was really weird. And everyone was like, and it, yeah, it's like none of it really makes any sense. This thing that I felt really um, like made me feel like a freak for so long. Like suddenly like you're being celebrated for it, but it's great. Like, but that's why everyone loves you so much is because it's like, you just, you do these things because you feel so passionate about them and you're not, you've not asked anyone to give you an award. 
and then you get one and it's like the fact that you didn't even expect that kind of feels I went on stage in my oh my god because I was wearing I had to present an award earlier in the evening and I'd worn these like really high heels because <laughs> I haven't been out for like ages um and and I it came clear to me that it, I couldn't like I so I took they were really painful and I took them off for sitting in the audience and then I got this award and I was like so I just went up without <laughs> like without my shoes on looking like a bit of a nutter but then it was the the mind I mental mean, health award exactly. so if you can't look like a nutter in them which one scam you look at but isn't that part of the wider thing as well of like you know why people do like you so much as well is like presenting yourself as someone who has like got everything together and is perfect which none of us are no. like who wants that in a way like so much more relatable and so much nicer and it's almost like a, a kind of exaggeration of what I was talking about in the exercise class to see someone who hasn't got it quite together and makes you go okay I'm all right too then you know if that person hasn't quite got it together and has all these things going on maybe my life's not so horrific as I thought it was yeah I, I think my know. life was always I always felt less than because I thought, oh my god, I can't get my shit together. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't even know. I can't do. I don't seem to be do, able to do anything right. And then I realised that actually, there's power in like just being really honest about that. Mm. And that, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Bryony. Um, I feel Thank like we could, could continue talking about this one topic for ages because we've gone in to go such on interesting. And, off and yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Massive tangent. Well, well, go off on your own tangent, Emma, because you, you need to get something off your breasts today as well. Mine's a bit silly and flippant. And no, but don't be, nice. don't be, but that's, do you know what? Like, I hate it when people think that, sorry, I'm like, like oh my God, we're never getting out of this podcast before. We live here now. You will live with me in my yeah. flat. But also, doing this podcast every week, um, trying to think of something that annoys me. Like, I'm quite a positive person. Yeah. And I have to really dig for things that annoy me. But I, but don't, think, very... but I don't think, like, we don't always, like, like the light, life is full of light and shade. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, and we have this way of, like, doing down anything that is seen as, like, you know, not, you know, like, so Emma's not now going to talk about the situation in Russia. She doesn't want to get yes. that off her breast. Oh, you taught me the word for that. It's Isn't it called, like, how about... What about what, what about, about, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I hate. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, that yeah. needs to be like, another topic. But hang on, why are we talking about this when when there's you know people still children starving in Africa and there's a terrible war in Syria? Yeah, because because it's like well, two things can be important to someone at the same time. Yeah, I really yeah. I I really wanted sport battery to be one of our our topics actually one week because it's one of my really pet peeves. I might I might spot mine and make. Why it don't that. I do water battery now? Okay, go no, for it. I want to know what you were about to <laughs> do. What were oh, you about I, to do? I, I, <laughs> mine was just going to be um, people that don't 
respect like personal space in a public forum so for example on the way actually to your house today as well I was on the overground and someone was just playing like their music on their phone and yeah. it wasn't like a teenager kind of was it good music playing their ringtones <laughs> no it was awful and I just thought there's like Get some headphones there's, there's 20 people like sitting here <laughs> and we don't want to listen people on trains that just like take up all the space I think this is a sign that I'm getting a bit older now though that this is annoying me so much no but I think it's fair enough I think I think you know it's like the Dom Jolly thing isn't it you know he the, the whole hello I'm in the cinema <laughs> and it is it's just that it's just it's kind of that rudeness and it's that sort of unawareness that there are other people sharing your space which I is... think as well and this links in but I think that as like a species we're getting ruder the fact that people just seem to feel like they can just ask you for favors like all the time now without kind of even asking how you are it's very much when I think we're in an era of like quick messages quick things and like again I think that's not respecting someone's personal space either kind of just like intruding all the time and is that more on like social media so in a way that's really interesting because it like I'm talking like IRL and then online yeah so so like the (laughs) so in real life um (laughs) for those of us who are a little older um in real life like there's the personal space thing but then like on your social media space you get a lot of messages don't you people asking you for favors and it's like you almost want that space respected too I don't know how people must deal with like genuinely people that have like a lot of following and uh, a lot of like people wanting their attention but I think yeah there's just like there's no real respect over personal boundaries. boundaries yeah. And I guess I'm talking personal boundaries, yeah. If, if you're in a tube carriage or online where people just think that like you should respond to them immediately mm. on yeah. something. Mm. I interviewed yeah, Will Young once and mm. it was my favourite kind of episode, one of my favourite episodes of my other podcasts is because he talks about mental boundaries, personal emotional boundaries and then physical boundaries. Mm. And, and it was just so fascinating to fascinating to me because basically have you ever had it when like um I've had it at sort of businessy events where like a man in a suit will just come really close to me and talk like it's almost like or a they power talk or move. they talk close to your face yeah you talk too close to your or face, they take yeah. up room like man spreading spread, yeah. but like if they're on a panel they're like really man spread mm. to like show that they're taking up space and I suppose my I'm going on a massive roundabout way of saying it but yeah I think what I'm getting off my breast today is just like People, people not touching them people coming into your space <laughs> men can you men not literally touch? get off my breasts <laughs> literally get off my breasts like can you not just come and fucking grope them willy nilly unless I've allowed you to but I, I would say though that someone coming in and taking up your space in real life it is very similar when someone is like what demanding your attention like on emails or like mm. on twitter dms or like they're it, do you know what i mean like they're quite similar because someone's just trying to like take from you and yeah i i get really i get really really irritated because i've got like this quite lengthy out of office now on my emails which is like i'm really sorry because i get quite a lot which is a really nice problem to have like i'm sure i'd be far more irritated if nobody was emailing <laughs> me at all and wanting anything from me i'd be like why does nobody love me <laughs> but um but i put it on so that people know that I'm not being rude, I'm just fucking disorganised <laughs> and are quite overwhelmed at times. And then there's people that, even though they've received that, like literally three hours later, they'll be like, why haven't you replied to my email? And it's like, because, because, because oh. A, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here today. You know, I, I, I'm actually away on holiday. I'm with my child. Yeah. Or, you know, B, you know, I'm a, and I think that there's a sort of, res- you've got to be really respectful of, you know, 
it's it's like also I find email now I just kind of I just have to step. I think it's really good that you do that though because you're setting an example. You know the fact that you do that. I think other people will be like, oh, cool, Brownie's away. Actually, that's given me the right to, or the permission, weirdly, to like do it yourself. Because I used to have it um, at a workplace, and I'm sure people have it now. I feel very like privileged to be like self-employed and, and happy with that. But I would be ill from work, and my out-of-office would be like, I'm really ill, please, you know, can you leave me alone for a bit? And um, I would just get people being like, oh, I've seen you're ill, but like, I really need this document like in the next five minutes. Mm. I just don't think we respect but you that know, anymore. But you know, can I just say on the flip side of that, because one of my topics one week was actually about the fact that, and I'm not talking about like three hours, I'm talking about like weeks of chasing someone for an answer when actually like you're, for example, paying them to do a job and they're just ignoring you mm-hmm. and how that can be also quite frustrating. But in a way, like those people who are getting like a bit paranoid almost about why you're not responding to them despite you're out of office, it's, it's interesting because it's like, is that saying more about them in a way and their kind of like paranoia or insecurity um, because it's that whole like old sort of adage of someone walking down the street. So I, I studied psychology at university and this was like one of the first sort of explanations of people who have um, a certain level of depression, which is probably you're going to think is the most basic thing ever but they basically said to you're walking down the street and you wave at someone that you recognize across the street and they ignore you and carry on walking and one person might just go oh they didn't see me and the other mm. person's brain will go they saw you and they hate you and they're yeah, carrying on walking yeah, 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 yeah. and so it's like that with the emails it's like someone who's not getting a response is sitting there panicking and going like i'm being There's ignored i'm being yeah, ignored yeah, yeah. she hates me or i'm not important yeah. or i'm being made to feel like small and it's like it's almost like what you were just saying yeah. there about the, the people smelling thing that I was being a bit unkind to. It's like, actually, like, what's going on with that person that yeah. they're getting so stressed out and paranoid yeah. that they're not getting a response? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And it's, and I think it's, I think it's, well, also, I think there's a really good thing of clarity. Like, I'm quite clear, I'm like, I, I, on that office, like, when I was in rehab, I just put it on, I was like, a bit of clar- a bit of transparency here, I'm in rehab, mm. don't expect anything. And actually, the amazing, like, emails I got back from that, people going, oh my god, I, you know, like, well done you, like, that's really, because it's making it clearer, and we all, you know, the days when we can't work because we are crippled with depression, mm. or, and it's like, and then you're going, oh my god, the person, you know, and so I think that, you know, I, yeah. We I need think. to let each other off the hook a bit more. Yeah. yeah. And know that other people have got stuff going on in their lives that none of us know about. Exactly, I mean, unless that yeah. person decides to put it on their out of office. Yeah. Because then we do know. <laughs> also, as like someone who, and we're all, we all need to get our work done. Tom Chatfield, this amazing doctor, author, incredible person. He basically summed up emails as like a to-do list written by someone else. So essentially like your whole day could just be wasted, like replying to mm. other people. But you have to carve out time to do that because you have to also do your work as well. Like yeah. your work that you're putting out there. I know people that only check emails at like 8am, 1pm and, and they Ooh, put that on there. Yeah, that's that so good. Office. So disciplined. They say, yeah. I will only, I'm only checking emails at these times. Yeah, that's, really that's good. a really good idea. I'm going to change mine because I think what you guys just brought up there was really interesting and it is something that's been like on my mind for a long time, which is what about me? That's what I'm going to get off my breast today. And I think I first became really, really aware of it. I, I co-founded a, a charity working with refugees um, some years ago. And I was really surprised because I got a lot of anger on Twitter, which I kind of expected, but a lot of it was saying like, why are you helping refugees in Calais and in Greece and this and that? Why aren't you helping the homeless? And I was like, but that is just the classic what about me? Mm. Like, firstly, you don't know that I don't do both. Like, you have yeah. no idea what I do. Secondly, like, um, you know, people are people and 
causes are causes and everyone wants to help and you know would you prefer that I was doing nothing or that other people were doing absolutely nothing rather than doing something that you don't think is the greatest cause and if you're going to mm. do that are we going to have to like play top trumps with causes and basically work <laughs> out collectively as a globe like what is the most important cause which basically will to do like children do- like you know why only- are you not curing cancer Liana? But no, but the, the, you can't just cure cancer you have to cure cancer for, for babies because any other cancer is yeah. like do you, know, you know what I mean it's like if you can just keep playing this so game and have like a chart. <laughs> so how do, how do politicians do it? Because Stella Creasy, when we mm. interviewed her for this podcast, do you remember she had that, that whiteboard in her office and there was just like a list of things she's got to conquer. And yeah. it's like, how do you prioritise all the friggin' problems in the world? I know, and it's, but it's, and it's not just with... So that's kind of when I became really aware of it, but it's not just with problems. Like the other day I saw someone and they were on Facebook and they were discussing whether or not Labour has a an issue with anti-Semitism. And it was a really interesting, nuanced discussion and they... You know, it wasn't like particularly one-sided or not. It but was, it does. Well, <laughs> because, I mean, what, what they, but what was interesting Sorry. is that they were saying it does, but then people under, uh, underneath it were going, yeah, but what about this person who's, who's much worse? Or even going, yeah, but, you know, so what about what Israel's doing to Palestine? And it's like, again, like, mm. can we all separate issues out? And yeah. just because, like, so a country or a politician or a person is doing something terrible somewhere else, it doesn't mean we can't care, care about, about this that. other problem. It doesn't mean that people don't have a right. Why are we focusing ca- on the anti-Semitism when the Tories are in power? It's, it's just like, we can't... Maybe they're in power because they're not anti-Semitic. They're not anti-Semitic enough. Theresa May, stop But they're not anti-Semitic, so maybe that's why people like them and vote for them. I'm not saying this. I didn't vote for them. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, no, I totally but, yeah, agree. Yeah, but I mean, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, like you said, I mean, anti-Semitism is not a problem unique to one person, one party, one anything. But like, let people who care about that, let Jewish people, let non-Jewish people who care mm. about it, like, express their feelings and, and let's have a conversation about it and not shut people down by going, yeah. "What about this issue?" or "What about this other evil person?" I get, I get a lot because I write, you know, like, kind of, I write what I was like. What's the thing earlier? I, I basically always say that I write like the fluff in the Telegraph, and. A lot of the time, like, when I read the comments on the website and I've written something about, like, for example, I wrote about Ant and Deck and addiction at the weekend. That was a great column. And, like, people are like, why are you writing about this when there's, like, you know, stuff going on? Why are we caring about the travails of a TV presenter when there's, like, someone, you know, that's Syria or there's, you know, someone's been, you know, people have been poisoned by the Russians on British soil? And I'm like, okay... Just FYI, this Telegraph website is not just pieces by me about fashion and what's gone through my head and Ant and Deck. Like, if it was, I totally understand your criticism. But there are other sections. I mean, the, most of this website is about Syria and Russia and Brexit. So, like, I don't know. Why are you fucking... Like, it says quite clearly on the headline that this is a piece about Ant and Deck. So why, why, when there's a lot of other pieces all over this website, which say quite clearly that they are about Russia and Putin and Brexit and Theresa May and yada 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 why are you not reading them because but, I'm confused I'm confused for you and I'm worried for you but it's I, literally like on the same page you can click yeah. those yeah. other articles yeah, but well, I think, just chill out I think yeah. the people that shout the loudest about those things though are the people who actually don't really give a shit about those other issues I find so like someone who just going back to my kind of original example someone who is out there and help and you know helping refugees and going to Calais and work volunteering in a website sorting out pants and socks is probably much more likely to be a person when they're back home who is working to help the homeless or some other cause and the person who's sitting behind their keyboard and
and shouting at someone and going like, yeah, you don't care about, you know, British people or whatever. It's probably <laughs> the person who doesn't give a shit about anyone. And that's kind of what I was, you know, when I'd start looking at these people's pages, because you get paranoid about who's, who's sort of shouting yeah, yeah. at you, which is obviously a very unhealthy thing to do. You start to realise that they're just people who are just angry at the whole world. Yeah. And, and actually, like, I, I mean, the thing is, I've met people as well who, like, really care about animal causes, for example. So my sister's a conservationist and she, like genuinely in her heart believes and like she has a point as well that like species protection and preserving our earth is more important than like human causes that's her personal belief right she wants to fight to save the world like you know she's interested in ecology she's interested in species protection and she has her reasons why she feels like that right she's not wrong and she's not right she's just different from like someone else who wants to help human beings and I've heard well yeah but I've heard I've heard like I've been in a you know out in a night and I've heard someone who was like campaigning for a whale charity being like told off for someone who was campaigning for like a refugee charity like why do you care about animals when there's human suffering shouldn't we just all be celebrating that these people are caring at all exactly exactly I have to say those people that like leave all their money to like a cat Come on. But Come maybe. On. They, they, can, they can think, well, I mean, it doesn't matter because they're dead. But like, it's, it's, like can't the, um, but it's like the donkey sanctuary. Oh my God. That we were, Isn't that the most paid, the, the, the most well-off yes, charity we or something? Were, but wow. there was an advert for Battersea Dogs and Cats Home on like Sky or Sky News yesterday. I was watching and it was like, look at their sad eyes. But, and I was but, like, oh my God, have all my money. Have all my money. But the thing is, I don't think, so when someone sees like the sad eyes, so I, I, I support lots of different charities, right? And one of them is like this charity in, America. I don't know why I support a charity in America, not in Britain, but anyway, it's called Hope for Paws. And you they don't care about Britain. I don't care about British dogs, only about American dogs. Um, but anyway, they like they did an amazing video about like rescuing these like poor like puppies and stuff, and I was like, oh. So, um, but like giving to them doesn't stop me. I don't sit there and go like, this is exactly what I want to give, and this is exactly how kind I want to be, and this is exactly how much volunteering I want to give a month. Now I'm going to divvy it out. It's like if I if someone sees a cat charity and decides to give a fiver or go and volunteer, they're probably not not going to take that exact same fiver and give it to a cancer charity like they're just in that moment inspired to help that particular cause and i don't mm. think it's like taking away from other causes no it's by not. supporting Do you also think as well that you know it, you're allowed to have your own personal like you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want but b you know if, if someone in your family has died from a rare disease you're going to want to give more money to that charity like we're humans we want to like we have personal emotional connections to yeah, certain and if no charities. Yeah, no one in your family has died of anything, but all your cats have. Then yeah. Well, do, do you remember the backlash against the um, what's it, it's like, the ice know, bucket challenge? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, There's like I a massive backlash. I was, I was one of them, and I really regret that. I wrote this thing like, oh, it's all like. But then I was that was when I was in pure columnist mode, and I was in a lot. I mean, I was like, eh, like, why don't people just? Why do people? I do. There is a thing in me that is a bit like, why can't you just? give the fucking money but then I'm saying this as someone who's about to run a marathon in a bra and knickers <laughs> and asking people to sponsor me so, or has just run it in a bra and knickers so yeah, I, no, I would that, have been sceptical as well if it hadn't raised loads of yeah, money yeah the, the ice bucket ch- challenge like it has made major breakthroughs in ALS hasn't yeah, it yeah major breakthroughs and also the other thing yeah. I, I really kind of related to that is um, you'll find like when you're in the volunteering sector like lots of people 
being kind of um, aggy at you and kind of going, oh, you're just virtue signaling by doing this, right? And I just go, do you know what? I don't give a shit if the person volunteering every day for a week is doing it just to show off to their mates. Like, they are volunteering and they're getting the work done. And the person who's receiving the soup that they've made or the clothes that they've packed doesn't give a shit. They, they don't care why that person is doing it. Or I wouldn't care if Although, it was me doing it in a way. There is a, there is a thing in AA which, like, these just for today sayings, and it's like, just for today, I will, I will, you know, I will... I will be as happy as I make up my mind yeah. to be. And then there's like, just for today, I will do someone, someone a good turn and not tell anyone about it. If yeah. I tell someone about it, then it won't count. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that, but you know what? But that's totally right for, for you as an individual. Yeah. But in terms of like, getting annoyed at someone else, yeah, for reasons, what, I mean like, is, yeah. what I mean is, is I was like, Oh, What's I'm not the point? sure I can do that. <laughs> I'm like, guys, guys, I just get five pounds to a homeless person. Yeah. I know I Instagram storied like this a chunk of money that I raised for this charity recently and I was like why did I just do that like I wanted but, to show but maybe you did it to it. inspire other people to do it yeah. and, and to also show that how it can easy be done. it was to do and also do you know what Emma yeah. even it if did, you... it did make me feel a bit like do people think I'm just like showing off but I, I feel like if I did it and didn't tell anyone then I'm not I'm stopping from like even but like also, two people might do, do the like, same be proud of earning that money for that charity and be proud of starting up your own charity Leanne because it's amazing and I think yeah. that you should be really applauded for it and um I'm going to give you a... Well, can I give them back to you guys for all your amazing... <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think if you even if you are doing it and you're showing off Emma, like, it's no one else's business, that's, like, your issue to, like, work out in your own self whether you want to do that or and not. We and we should and, applaud and, you know, people. And we also, we always, we always are like, oh, my God, this um, uh, philanthropist has given millions to this charity. Like, uh, uh, you know, the people that can only afford to give 10p to a charity would do yeah. it. Like, well done. Or even just give amazing. their... Often it's time more than money yeah. as well. Like, someone who goes... has no money like when we started out refugees we were like at the big yellow storage and we'd have like loads of people coming and dropping off goods and we had like an army of people there like sorting through and I remember this one woman and she was amazing she was like a bit a bit older she was like must have been in her 70s I guess and she came every single day without fail and just swept up after the whole because we made a mess obviously mm. and she would just clean and sweep up and like we were so grateful to her like that's her contribution was amazing we couldn't have done it without that we would have got kicked out of there for being like messy pigs and making like <laughs> dust everywhere and she was and like that was her what she felt she could do she could come and clean and she was amazing and so I think yeah it's not about like necessarily like who's got the biggest wallet yeah it's about just doing what you can when you can and you know and no one else should be like what abouting each other no, about it <laughs> well yeah. thank you to everyone who's tuned in for that episode um this is why we love doing the podcast it's just we all feel slightly lighter afterwards and um let us know if anything's getting you down you want to get anything off your breast tweet us email us and yeah you can get us on our personal um twitter so amazon at emma gannon uk is that right or just um uh, on instagram but on twitter just at emma gannon i'm at leanna bird and brani is on oh what um oh what am i oh on instagram i don't really go on twitter anymore okay um instagram i'm at bryony gordon that's b-r-y-o-n-y gordon like the gin except obviously i don't drink it and can I also just say thank you to everyone who's listened to this entire series because this is our final episode of season two. Yes. We're going to take a bit of a break for 
obvious reasons. <laughs> Good luck. You're about to, about to drop a person. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, things you want to get off your breasts in season three. When you've got, milk. Oh yeah, milk. <laughs> Fucking Expressing hell. machines. I'll be like, oh my God. Oh my God, I love those expressing machines. It's like the noise that they make. Can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait to feel like a human cow. Um, no, but really thank you for uh, not only to our amazing like plethora of guests who've all brought such different topics to the table, but to each and every one of you who's bothered to actually download and listen to it. We are genuinely so so grateful we will be back with well. series three at some point we'll work it out and we'll we'll share with you as soon as we know more than that thanks Bridie thanks for being our final guest I'm so excited it's so good to see you again after 20 years I know <laughs>